there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard with you. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Coming up today, Josh Applebaum on the program. We'll talk some Major League Baseball with him in 30 minutes. Jeff Seeley gave out Lucas Glover again last week at 90 to 1. That's a nice bomb to cash. He's going to be on the program in an hour talking BMW. We'll find out who he likes. And uh, uh, Fantasy Football Hall of Famer Paul Charching on the show later on today. We'll talk some fantasy football, the Vikings, season-long bets that he likes as well, on top of everything else. And, uh, you know, I do like days like yesterday, Paulie, and this time of year when you get news and you're waiting to find out, like, which direction are these teams going to go in? What's their game plan? Who are they going to start? And yes, Anthony Richardson threw that uh, really bad INT in the preseason game over the weekend, but their new head coach, Shane Steichen, I think has seen enough, and uh, they made the decision yesterday that A. Rich is going to be the starting quarterback in week one at home against Jacksonville, and so when news like this pops, like your first thought is going to have to be like, oh my God, what do I need to do to get down and make some bets? We'll get to that coming up in a second. And I'll tell you which way that I looked at yesterday and met some of the bets that I made. But how about this now with the Colts? Week one quarterbacks going back since 2016. Another new quarterback. The list is just topsy-turvy. In 2016, it started with Luck. In 2017, it was Tolzien. They went back to Luck. Then Brissett in 2019. Then they had hype with Phillip Rivers in 2020. They went to Carson Wentz. And then last year, of course, even more hype with Matt Ryan. And this year, it's going to be the rookie Anthony Richardson. I mean, ha! Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Almost as bad as the 1-14 in ATS run week one games going back as well. So a lot of people were chiming in yesterday, you have to do this. If you're going to take a quarterback that high, just put him, you're forced to play him right away and see what he has. So not that Minshew was going to blow you away in camp anyways, but a little surprised by the move. We already know Young's going to start in Carolina. And maybe uh, Stroud will be announced in the next week or so as well. But 
I did take Jacksonville week one, not to mention Jacksonville's owned them and how bad the Colts have been week one, but we know how bad it's been for rookie quarterbacks uh, in their first game and, and, can, and just winning games, period, in their first year in this league. So he's no doubt a project, uh, but it's intriguing, and you're going to get to it here, about what he could do as far as stats if he plays a full season because I think it could be a little bit – well, actually, there could be a lot of fields – of I'm going to look to run first and, and just abandon the passing attack. Or no, I don't want to go through my reads. I'll just take off and run. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, I'm a little bit surprised by the timing. I thought they'd give it another game uh-huh. in the preseason because what if they give him more reps here, and he's, they're going to have to, obviously, to get ready for week one? What if he goes out there and throws like, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about like just, oh, it's off the receiver's hands picked off. I'm talking about like more INTs like he had over the weekend, and it doesn't look pretty. And they're going to go with that guy automatically in week one. I think there's a yeah. chance it's going to be musical chairs at quarterback, potentially. But they made the decision, and he's going to be the guy. I'm surprised the number hasn't moved yet in week one. That was certainly one of the bets that I looked at firing on yesterday. Because, uh, and look, when the numbers in the schedule was first released earlier this summer, I said on the air, like, I want the contest to start right now. Like, I want these Vegas contests to start so I can lock in some of these numbers. Because I, I bet a lot of ugly teams in the NFL especially like home dogs, home divisional dogs. I mean, it's always a great angle in my opinion, and it's been really, really good over the years. This is not one of them that I want any part of. Um, I would like the Browns when they first open up, plus three against the Bengals. Sure, that'd be great. I would look at, you know, in a non-divisional game, Steelers at home, plus a three against the 49ers when they first opened. I looked at the Jets, plus three at home against the Bills on Monday night. I never considered the Colts here, plus three and a half, and in fact, yesterday I went the other way, and I bet the Jags. Even though they're on the road yep. and it's a divisional game, they're just, I think the Jags can win again a bunch of games this year. That division, 10, 11, 12, 13 games. I think the Colts are going to be like a five win team. Do you think, I, I would agree with that too. Do you think they have found their quarterback? Do you think he'll be the long term answer? Or are they going to be in the draft taking a guy in the next three years again down the road? Yeah. I mean, I, I, he has so much work to do as a passer. Yeah. I, I mean, He's going, put it this way, he's going to make some ridiculous highlight plays this year where you're going to have to like rewind and watch it like two or three times. Like, what did I just watch? How did that just happen at quarterback? But he's going to make a lot of plays where you're like, oh boy, I, there's no way he should be starting right now. So there, there will be some good. I think there's going to be a lot of bad with Richardson. I don't think he's anywhere close to being ready as a passing quarterback, but he's like, the numbers don't lie, right? He is the biggest freak or the most athletic quarterback ever with his speed, uh, what he can do with like the drills, the combine numbers. Nobody has ever touched this guy with the numbers. So this is what I was looking at yesterday. Um, offensive rookie of the year was about 9-1. to one. I, I did not touch that. I, I don't really have any interest in that number. I, I, I think he can win it, but I, I didn't bet it. Um, his passing yards prop, this varied, I noticed, from around 2,500 all the way up to like 2,750 on the passing yards prop. I don't mind taking that over. As long as they're going to name him the week one starter, you would think that I mean, they're going to give him ample opportunities yep. here. Yep. Um, I, I did look at and I did get down on most passing yards by a rookie, and that was all over the map again. That was between, from what I noticed at different books, between 18 and 22 to 1. Most rushing yards by a quarterback. What do you think about that one? That was between four and seven to one. You're going to have Fields ahead of him, Lamar Jackson, Ooh. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, well, I think 
Jackson and Hurts are going to dial it down, though. Uh, take it back. And now you don't want to so get do hurt. I. Uh, maybe the same thing with Fields. Uh, it, well, staying with that theme, will he have 10-plus rushing touchdowns is 6-1? to one, And will he have the most touchdowns by a quarterback is 12-1? to one? I, I don't mind either one I of I can see. I like the, the last one there. Sure. Where you're talking about a lot of sneaks and, and stuff, and, and everyone should copy what the Eagles did anyways. When, especially if you get in the red zone. Yeah, if you can find most rushing yards by a quarterback at seven to one, I, I don't hate that one. This How about a thousand yards? Oh, sure. Plus four fifty, good enough or no? Uh, they probably need a little more. Can you find like alternate rushing yards? I'm sure they have, but by the if you can it, get yeah. down to like eight hundred yeah. or something like that, because he's going to. How many times will yeah. this kid take off? It's going to be, it's going to be Justin Fields all over again. I think as long as he's going to be in there, this might be my favorite one. How about, because the, the numbers are so out of whack in this market. Most rushing yards by a rookie. Anthony Richardson is in the 30-1 to 1 range. That's because Bijan Robinson, can you believe this? He's between minus 5,000 and minus 6,600. They still have two other running backs on their roster. Yeah. Algier was really good last <laughs> year. They have Patterson. And I think that Bijan's going to be used in the passing game quite a bit. Like, that number is just, that that's absurd to me when I was looking at that yesterday. I can't believe it's that high. Um, another one that I bet was most INTs here at Circa, he was 45-1. to 1. Now, if, you're, if he's going to play, let's say he starts 15 games this year, I think most INTs will absolutely be something that he's going to be in the mix to win. Yeah, that's wide open. That's not a bad bet. And you saw what, what it was like last year, too. Uh, it comes down to injuries, uh, but still, how many Dak threw leading the league and, and the time he missed. So that's, you figure, eh, 19, 20? Not outrageous, certainly doable. Oh, and that, it, that's what I, I think that's the range he could be in. If he, if he plays in, I'm hoping now, fingers are crossed, if he would start 15 games, there, it's an absolutely realistic possibility for him to throw an INT a game. Yeah. So, and 15 will put you mm-hmm. like, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm actually being conservative here. So he throws 15, I think he'll have a chance to have the most INTs, but I think he's going to throw, if he plays that much, I think he's going to throw more than 15 INTs. Are they a bad team? Likely. I'm with you with the five wins. So then you're, you're getting blown out in the second half and you're throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the guy can really read defenses yet, yep. and I don't think he's got really an NFL arm uh, in terms of accuracy. Um, so just, I, I will say this, I mean, the, the market's available here in the NFL. Great job by some of these books offering all these numbers. So, and uh, like you said, you, you were betting Jacksonville, as would I, as was I. I. I don't even mind, like, betting them on the money line, minus 180. That is all the makings. Indy's terrible week one, for whatever reason, and the Jacksonville has owned them. Yeah. For, for like, uh, eight, ten years going back. It's ridiculous, mm-hmm. yeah. How about some of these point spreads, uh, week two? Oh. I mean, you mentioned it a little bit uh, quickly yesterday, but there's three games where it's at least six and a half. Atlanta was seven. It's come back down, but what Kansas City's laying seven and a half, and uh, and the Seattle game as well. So this is this is wild. What you see some of these point spreads, and still the Monday night game, even though they've won twenty four in a row, but the the Ravens are, are a small favorite only against Washington. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I I, I I have Huntley, Johnson, and Brown. I have to love that uh, coming I'm, in with the rotation. We talked about this on Monday, right? If you've been betting Ravens to win these games going back a handful of years, you need to bet them. Until they lose a the game, I have to bet them on the money line again on Monday night. Just have to. And so uh, I don't think it's going to go much lower. I think probably now is the time to get in on that. But since this is in the uh, VSIN newsletter today, bam, right into your inbox. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. 
uh, to get a part of it. Since 2010, 11 teams have been favored by more than seven points. Eight of those teams won their games outright, but they're only three and eight ATS. There's one game on the board this week. You mentioned it, KC seven and a half right now. Big number in the preseason to lay here. Uh-huh. Huge number. Well, you just saw it with Denver. Open two and a half, closed six, lost the game. Sure. Matt Humans came on the show yesterday, uh-huh. made the case for the 49ers yesterday. Uh-huh. That, and I think uh, four and a halves are available right now uh-huh. on the Niners. The sweet spot, as Steve Mackinnon wrote, is when a team is favored by three and a half to seven point favorites. It was only four and four last week, but 56.3% going back to 2010. And your teams that uh, fit that mold this week would be Philadelphia, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Indy, Denver, and Las Vegas. Underdogs between one and three points. They've been really good. It is uh, 154 and 105 ATS, 59.5%, five and three last week. Carolina, Miami, Buffalo, Tampa, New England, Minnesota, the Chargers, and Washington. VEASAN.com slash subscribe to get the newsletter and sign up. Become a VEASAN pro today. Win some, lose some up next. We'll recap last night's betting action. I, I wish that they were all this easy. Details coming up here on... There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Big news here at VSEN. Legendary sports better Billy Walters sat down with Brent Musburger for an exclusive interview. The only place to see it's on VEASAN. Billy reveals his systems for betting the NFL, shares some great betting stories, and gives details on Phil Mickelson's gambling, including trying to bet on the event he was playing in with the Ryder Cup. I mean, the quote's in the book about, what, what, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Uh-huh. The Pete Rose? Come on. And he wouldn't take the bet. Check out the interview Tuesday 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, only on VEASAN. Walters and Musburger. Let's go. Hell of a combination right there. 
sports betting analyst Josh Applebaum joins the program now. You can get his two podcasts. Uh, one is called Morning Bets. The other one is Market Insights, as we'll talk a little Major League Baseball here. Josh, good morning. Let's begin with this uh, embarrassment now in Anaheim with the Angels. I mean, they have been fading for a long time, and those moves at the deadline did not work out, and they have to send out Reed Detmers tonight at the Rangers and uh, Texas, along with the Dodgers' hottest two teams in Major League Baseball. Here's Detmers for you. Uh, in his last two starts, a combined 6.1 innings pitched, 14 earned runs, five home runs allowed by him. Not going well, to say the least here. What's your angle on the Rangers and the Angels? Yeah, Mitch and Paulie, good morning. And I'm right there with you, Mitch. You know, we were joking right before this segment started that it feels kind of square, but how do you not ride the Rangers here? So I'm not going to outsmart myself. I'm going to lay the money line price here with Texas. Big part of it is this pitching matchup, as you mentioned. Reed Detmers on the year, 2-9, and nine, 5.27 ERA. Mitch, you just gave us the numbers, but his ERA is hovering around 20 for the month of August. We've been getting worse <laughs> as the season's been getting on here. Meanwhile, uh, John Gray, who we didn't mention, He's had a really good year, 8-5 and five for Texas, 3.65 ERA. He's won both of his starts so far in the month of August. But it feels just like an obvious play to take Texas, but the data also supports it. They open as low as minus 160 at some shops. They've been steamed up to minus 180. They're currently getting around 80% of bets, but over 90% of the money. So it's a public play just to ride the Rangers, who have been great. Whereas the wise guys saw the value of the number when that first open as low as minus 160. A lot of good uh, system matches here on Texas as well, guys. If you're a home favorite off a win, getting steam, five cents or more, those teams are 164 and 97 this year, 63% with a 3% ROI. Also, the Texas Bats, they've outscored Anaheim 19 to 3 so far this series. They're hitting 273 versus just 251 for the Angels. And then also, to make it even better for Texas, they really rake against left handed pitchers, against Southpaws. They're 22 and 12 so far this season as a home favorite. They've been a really good moneymaker. 35 and 15, 70% with a 12% ROI. And just look at the way these teams are trending. You saw Texas load up at the deadline, bringing Scherzer. Montgomery pitched a gem yesterday. They brought in Chapman a little bit before the deadline. Whereas uh, the the Angels, who did make some moves, starting to feel like maybe they shouldn't have. Maybe they should have sold been, uh, been a seller. They're only 3 and 11 their last 14. Texas is 12 and 2 their last 14. I'm laying it with the Rangers guys, by the way. They're only minus 160 to win their division. They're they're three and a half games up on the Astros. Love it. That feels like a short number. Yes. Guys, they have the best odds to win the AL at plus 350, third best World Series odds at plus 750. Does seem short. I'm with you there. Uh, Your Red Sox aren't going away. They're not (laughs) out of this. They're only three back of Toronto and two back in the loss column. Now their schedule's brutal the rest of the way. Uh, The rest of the month, you got seven against Houston, the Yankees, and then the Dodgers. But... Uh, they continue this series against the Nationals. What do you think of Paxton against Gore? So I'm going to ride the Red Sox here, uh, Paulie. And again, you mentioned it. It was funny. When the trade deadline happened, you heard a lot of rumblings of the Red Sox were upset. They didn't make any moves. High and Bloom called them an underdog. So you could kind of feel the writing on the wall that this team might quit. They played a series against Toronto. They got rolled in that series. But they're starting to kind of get back into form here. big part of it is Trevor Story. He makes a huge difference defensively at shortstop. He's been hitting the ball great. So he's really solidified that lineup. But I'm looking for the Red Sox again today. They won 5-4 to four yesterday as a minus-170 favorite. Got some steam in their direction. They open as low as minus-155-ish. They've been bet up to round. Minus-165, minus-170 for today. But I've put a lot of stock in the pitching matchup, guys. You have James Paxton, the veteran, going for Boston. He's 7-3 and three with a 3.36 ERA. He's given up two earned runs or less in six of his last eight starts. Meanwhile, Mackenzie Gore, 
who was a star-studded uh, prospect from uh, San Diego in that big deal that they made a couple of years ago. 6-9, 4.62 ERA, but he's been really getting banged around here the last couple, I would say the last month or so. He's got a 6.55 ERA in his last seven starts. We've seen movement toward Boston. Classic interleague favorite value with the lack of familiarity benefiting the better team. And in particular, if you are an American League East favorite against any team outside the division, They've really raked in this spot. The, uh, the American League East favorites against non-AL East teams are 185 and 103, 64% this year with a 5% ROI. You also look at both teams against lefties. We have two southpaws on the bump today. Red Sox are 19 and 12. That's third best in baseball. Washington is just 18 and 24. A uh, little bit better in terms of hitting as well as pitching. Better bullpen rating, a plus five versus a minus five, according to our colleague Steve Mackinnon. And you mentioned it. Red Sox are in this thing. They're only three games back. Washington's been a little bit more competitive second half. I think this is an opportunity to back the Red Sox. They're really playing well right now with James Paxton on the bump. I'm laying it around a minus 165 with Boston. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest is Josh Applebaum talking about today's Major League Baseball card. One more here for you. The Reds were shut out yesterday. Not going well for this team. Since the calendar flipped to August, they are only 3-10. and 10. I mean, the worst timing imaginable. They were right in this race to win the National League Central, and now forget about it. But the way the Brewers and the Cubs have been playing until yesterday, of course. Now Abbott goes today, and uh, he's priced at around a dollar eighty some spots. The way it looks in the game against Thor, who's been horrendous. Uh, who do you like here, Josh? So I like Cincinnati just from the standpoint of this line makes so sense and it's way too high. Like if you look at it from the perspective of Cleveland, how do you not take Cleveland, who won yesterday, who's playing pretty decent recently? You mentioned it here, Mitch. The Reds have been on a slide. They're not the same Reds team that we saw get off to that great start earlier in the year. But also, why are they minus 165? And I'm seeing some shops, you know, even inching up to minus 170. It feels like this line is way too high. That tells me that the odds makers know something. And maybe it's not as easy of a play to just take the plus money with Cleveland. The other thing is the line is going to Cincinnati. You know, I mean, they open as low as minus 150 up to minus 165. They're only getting around 60% of bets, but 80% of the money. So pretty good bet split there in their direction. And it just doesn't make much sense. If the Reds aren't playing very well, they lose last night. Their offense hasn't been giving them anything recently. Why do they open as such a big favorite and become even more of a favorite here? So, again, at the first glance, it doesn't make much sense, but I'll back the fishy side with Cincinnati. They do have one good system match, guys. If you're in a, if you're an interleague favorite in a sweet spot between minus 160 and minus 190, which is where the Reds are today, those teams are 57 and 31, 65% this year with a 5% ROI. And also keep an eye on the under. I know Great American Ballpark, it's kind of tough to sweat over to uh, to bet an under because it's such a small stadium, but you've seen some some under money come in here. The total open at ten, it's down to nine and a half. Sixty percent of bets, ninety percent of the money is on the under. Winds blowing in a little bit. Interleague totals, guys, that are really high, nine and a half or more. The under is fifty five percent, and Cleveland is the second best under team in baseball. They're sixty and fifty to the under, fifty eight percent. So if you can still find a ten, to me it's it's a worthwhile under. A lot of books are down to nine and a half. But I'll bet Cincinnati just from the pure standpoint. Again, Abbott's got good numbers. Maybe he'll surprise Cleveland. They've never seen him before. But it's so fishy high. I want to back that for a reason. Give me Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm seeing as high as minus 178 right now in Las Vegas at the Westgate on the Reds in that game. You can listen, download, subscribe to Josh's two different podcasts, Morning Bets and Market Insights, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for the time as always today, Josh. Best of luck. Really appreciate it, guys. Have a great day. Yep, you too. You Be too. good. All right, so... While we're in commercial break, England scored. Yeah, 2-1, uh, 81st Late. minute coming yep. up now. All right, uh, the Astros, you noticed yesterday, right. opened up as a small dog, actually. Yes. 
at DraftKings at the yeah. Marlins is Verlander versus Lazardo, and uh, that number did not last as the Astros are favored in the dollar thirty-ish range today. And Snell was two ten, two twenty against Kramer and the Orioles, and that's now one sixty at most shops. Well, I certainly, if uh, if that was going to be the number, I would have loved the Orioles again to come back at around two to one. Is it still worth it? You think? Up on that, guys. I mean, the, the DraftKings does a great job. They already have tomorrow's lines out, too. Yeah. So if you think you can get uh, the look, look at there. numbers. Yeah. Sure. Would you want the Orioles around plus 150? That's the heights that I see yeah. in the market. Well, I mean, that's Snell's awesome, but is he, well, how long will he last? That's the thing. He's, what's he going to go? Five, six innings? Yeah, here are the details on so Snell. Many, he throws so many pitches. So he has walked at least three batters in eight straight starts. And four plus batters in six of his last eight starts. He's made it past five innings, only three of his last eight starts, and zero double digit strikeout games in six straight starts. I think in order for him to, uh, he can't have a blow up, Paul. If he has like a blow up tonight, that's going to not, in my opinion, that will n- severely like drop him in the Cy Young market. Yeah, I don't think Gallon should be plus 180. And that's way too low. And Gallon goes against Rich Hill uh, tomorrow, I believe it is, with the rematch. Do you, th- there, you think Gallon should be favored, though? It's uh, a tough call. You think Snell should be favored? I think I think it'd be Snell, and then it's going to be a wild finish, though. You know, what does Strider do? Steel? No one's talking about Steel yeah. the year he's had. But I, th- I think it should be Snell, because you just see what his numbers are in ERA since uh, late May, early June. What I'm he's just, done. As and a plus, guy- Gallon's off. Awful, but five and change. But he's so bad on the road. I know, I know. I just if Snell has like one blow up, I uh-huh. just it's, okay. yeah, I'm definitely afraid of that. We will preview Paulie's Minnesota Vikings up next on Follow the Money. It's Feeson, the Sports Betting Network. Always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Back at it, follow the money. Polly and Mitch VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's a final. England beats Australia 3 to 1. They advance to the final Sunday against Spain, and Australia's in the third place match on Saturday. Fasten your seatbelts for Jeff Seeley. Cutmakerpod.com. Cutmaker Jeff on Twitter. And get Telegram to get all the plays when they're posted and updated every round. So let's just uh, a little recap here. 90-1 to 1 on Glover last week, winner. Had Griot 100-1 and had Straka 65-1. to run. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, Great, great yeah. job, sir. How are you doing? Been a, been a great run, guys. Thanks. Been a lot of fun. And, and what's funny about Glover, and I had uh, Sherman on the podcast just before I, I picked him, and, and it's funny because he's like, there's no way he can go back-to-back. What's interesting, though, if you were to look at Glover's stats and take Glover's name off him and put Scotty Scheffler's name on him, people would be like, oh, of course he can win three times in a row. Just because it's Lucas Glover, people are, mm-hmm. are, are assuming that he can't. If you blindly look at the stats, he absolutely can. I'm going back to the well this week. I'm betting him again. I wanted to ask you that then. Wow. So you think so, huh? You're going to put your money where the mouth is, right? You're going to say that Glover can do it three times in a row? I mean, it looks at, at 45 to 1. I mean, listen, he grades out number one in my model over his last 12 rounds, ranks third on approach from 150 yards, second on approach from 175 yards, fourth in fairways gained. 
All things that are gonna be critical on this long, narrow course. Putting's been above average, which is really all it needs to be the last few events. Like I said, if you looked at his stats, guys, and you took you took Lucas Glover off and put Scotty Scheffler on, you'd be like, oh yeah, Scotty's gonna win this week. But because it's Lucas Glover, he's 45 to 1. I'm going back to the well. Okay. Tell us about the course. Yeah, guys. So again, we're at Olympia Fields here, the BMW Championship. This is gonna play tough. It's going to play tough. It's going to be a long, narrow, par 70. Again, I, I think we're going to see certainly single digits win, um, you know, five, six, seven, somewhere around there. So I'm going to be looking for guys who are going to, you're going to obviously it's a no-cut event. So guys who are going to be grinding it out, hanging out, going into Sunday, and just waiting for somebody to go low on Sunday, get, you know, four, four under or so on Sunday. Um, and I think we can see a winner there. So I'm just got, looking for guys who aren't going to blow up, aren't going to shoot themselves out of it. I actually factored in three, three putt avoidance this week uh, in my model because, again, I think you're going to have to two-putt. You're going to have to make your putts. Um, but pretty, pretty standard, right? You got to make, you got to hit fairways. You got to hit greens. You got to make your putts. That sounds pretty, pretty simple, but it's amazing how many guys are struggling with that. Lucas Glover is. All right. Start with the core place. Hmm? Yeah. So I, I'm going to play Rory McIlroy this week. I normally don't play guys this short seven to one. I'm probably going to parlay him with a baseball game or something else. But guys, nobody drives the ball better than Rory these days. And his wedges are starting to heat up. He had an eighth of an inch cut off his putter which seems like nothing to you and me, but apparently it really helped him. Rory's gained strokes putting in eight straight events, which have led to the results of a third, a sixth, a win, a seventh, a second, a ninth, a seventh, and a seventh. That is eight straight tournaments where Rory has finished inside the top 10. Eight straight. Minus 150 feels like a value this week. I think there's better than 60% chance Rory finishes inside the top 10. I'm going to be on Rory Top 10, and I'm going to parlay with something else to win. So um, we'll, we'll figure that out. Another guy that I, I really like this week is Max Homa. He's 25 to 1. Uh, we, we saw that his game is starting to come around. I think now is the time to invest in Homa. His long iron has been getting dialed in. He's finding fairways. As long as Homa putts field average or better, I think we'll see him inside the top 10, which you can play at 2 to 1 with a good shot to win. In 2023, Homa has a win in six top 10s and 16 events. So he's finishing inside the top 10 almost half the time. Like I said, I like two to one on Homa to finish top 10. All right. Get the Cutmaker Pod, cutmakerpod.com, Twitter handle at Cutmaker Jeff uh, as well. So there it is with Homa. And he already mentioned Glover as well. Can he do it back to back in Glover 40, 45 to one in that range? How about another bomb? And we mentioned him. He had him 65 to one. I already won a tournament. He cashed a big ticket. What are your thoughts on Straka? Yeah, you guys, I'm, I'm going to go with, with some bomb on Straka this week. A few bucks at 90 to 1. I think he's worth a look. Again, there's only 50 people in the field this week. Straka grades out very similarly to Glover, to be honest, just a little, a little less putting success. He's first in the field from 150 yards, ninth in fairways gained. Well, he didn't play well last week until Sunday. He played great on Sunday. He won the John Deere, finished second at the, at the Open in July. He's just the kind of guy I mentioned. You can just get hot on a Sunday, hang around, get hot on a Sunday, and get to five under or so. I think Seb Straka could get the win. 90-1 to is a great price, and I'm going to play him top 20 as well. Okay, what about the placement markets outside of the guys that you brought up um, and any, like, first-round leader bets that you like this week, Jeff? You know, guys, I I, I actually, Seb Straka is a guy I do like first-round leader bets. A guy who I I always like to play first-round leader is Keegan Bradley. Um, he's he's always worth the first round leader, so he's he's something that's going to be interesting. Um, and I'm going to give 
a little bit of consideration first round leader to uh, Morikawa. Morikawa has been, I, I don't think he can keep it together for four rounds, but he's a guy I don't mind as a top 10, and I think he can come out to a hot start. He putts well for one round. Morikawa is a guy I could see a first round leader. So those are some guys I would consider. But again, it's a really small field. There's not a ton. You don't want to water yourself down with too many guys right in this small field. So those are those are two other guys I might consider first round leader wise. I no, so different course last year for the BMW, if I'm not mistaken on that, and Keegan Bradley shot a sixty four in the first round. Yeah. So Well he and he's he's notorious for doing that. It's like Keegan Bradley and Harold Varner, if you like the guys who would always come out and, <laughs> and go get hot early and then fade late. So Keegan Bradley is definitely a guy for the right price. I think you can again you can see a first round leader. The problem is guys, there's not an, there's not enough guys in this field, right? Right, right. So because of that, you're not getting monstrous prices like you usually see on first round leaders and things along those lines. Well, full marks to you. It's been an incredible run. And uh to just hit one of those is is a huge accomplishment. You've done three here. Going back this year, champ. Um, okay, so what, what do you think of Anthony Richardson being the starter, named the starter with the Colts? Guys, I am so fired up. I watched, I, you know, I was kind of questioning what, what I thought of Richardson earlier this year when we drafted him. But, guys, I didn't realize until I saw him just how big he is. I mean, he is en- enormous. I mean, what an athlete. He's like he's like a bigger version of Lamar Jackson. He, he, and I, his, the arm strength is there. I mean, gosh, I'm, I'm excited. And frankly, I, I hope the Colts receivers can, can not drop passes and hang in there. Cause if he doesn't, if Alec Pierce doesn't drop that pass, Richardson's numbers look tremendous. Um, as I'm going through my fantasy drafts and coming up in the next few weeks, I'm going to be loading up on Anthony Richardson, especially in keeper leagues guys. Cause I'm, I'm really, I was not that excited about it. After what, for what I've seen, even the limited piece and then some practice stuff, I'm in. I'm very interested in him. Let me run some bets hey, by guys, What about this, too? Huh? What about this? I'm curious your thoughts. What do you think of the Colts in a week one sur- survivor play as a massive leverage? Like, if you've got three entrants, and if you play the Colts week one, bet, say, 15, 20% of the field takes Jacksonville, and you take the Colts, don't you think that's a, like a game, good game theory leverage play? I, I, think, it's, I think it's too dangerous. No. I mean, nobody's going to be on them, right? No, no, of course, nobody will take them. No. Yeah, that's just my thought. From pure game theory leverage, I think it, I don't know, if you have multiple entries, it might be worth a shot. I guess, because, I mean, the the variance that you might get out of Richardson in week one could just be, and we're we're talking like three INTs, and it looks absolutely disgusting, or he might break two two carries for like 100 yards combined. You know, so, I mean, I I, I think the ceiling is absolutely potentially very high in that game for him, but also the floor is rock bottom, you know? Sorry, to your point. And again, that's why I think nobody's going to be on them. No one's going to be on the Colts. So let me run some possible bets by you on Richardson then after the news yesterday. Yeah. You know, the rookie of the year, he's about 9-1. to one. Um, What do you think about most passing yards by a rookie? I saw in the 18-22-1 to 22 to 1 range. Trying to think. So who else would be in that market? Who would he be competing against there? Going to be like, Young, okay. Young, Stroud. Yeah, Young and Stroud. Maybe, maybe Will Levis at some point. Aiden O'Connell. I, I mean. It's really Young and Stroud, right? That's so I don't, pretty I don't much, mind that no. at that price. Okay. What yeah. about, what about, how about this now? Most rookie rushing yards. He was in the 30 to 1 range yesterday. That's because B. John Robinson. Jeff, get this. I saw him priced between minus 5,000 and minus 6,600, which is insane to me. Yeah, that is insane. That is insane. No, actually, I don't, I don't mind that at all because I was look. You guarantee, you guarantee you they're going to have six or seven design runs at least for him a game, right? Yep. I mean, so he'll, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he averaged 80 yards rushing a game. 
And I also bet uh, most INTs at 45 to 1 yesterday. If you tell me right that now that he's going to start like 15 games, I, I love that bet. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't mind that at all either. The question is just how much is he going to throw and how, how are they going to limit his passing? Because I was watching, when I watched the preseason game, I think we're going to see a lot of like check downs to Isaiah McKenzie, check downs to tight ends, that kind of thing. And then, and then an occasional deep ball. I hope he doesn't throw too many out, out in the flat because that's where he's going to get picked off just like he did against Buffalo. 90 seconds left. I watched the first episode Sunday. I just saw you tweeted about it. Telemarketers on HBO. My God, this is a true story. I mean, this thing is off the rails. It's especially guys. If anybody worked in a telemarketing call center at any point in their life, I did when I was in high school. It was my first job in high school. It is. It is. It's a documentary. Check it out. It is well worth watching. Like I said, I think there's probably going to be a tragic ending to this just by watching the first episode. But man, it's it's very entertaining. Telemarketers, check it out. Uh, You're going to enjoy it. The first episode is great. I can't wait to see the next one. All right, pal. Follow him on Twitter. He is at Cutmaker Jeff. Thanks, buddy. Good luck this week. Thanks, fellas. Now, the last show that Jeff told me about to watch was uh, Jury Duty. I think it's mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. It's where they have one juror who thinks everything is legit, and he's actually like there on a case. Every other person involved is an actor. Guy has no clue. Whoever came up with this idea, pure genius. Yeah. I'm like three episodes in. Awesome. Okay. And they actually have real life actors that you're going to recognize on the jury. As this guy does, he's like, hey, I know you. I've seen you in some stuff. Yeah. I, I can't get over the suits thing. It had it been around for like 10 seasons. And then they put it on Netflix and everyone, what's this show? This is unbelievable. It's been I tre- can't get enough of suits. It's been trending top 10 for yeah. a good month now, probably, on Netflix. It's great. The guy who plays Harvey Specter is incredible. Love that guy. Up next, today's Major League Baseball card. Uh, A couple of starters take the mound today who were having good years, but they've been getting rocked as of late. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. 
Here we go. Welcome back. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, today is Wednesday, but keep this in mind that every Thursday during the actual football season, our next guest will join us in the final hour of the show. Uh, we have a Thursday night game to talk about every single week, then fantasy implications, bets, uh, bets that he likes. Paul Charchian, Fantasy Football Hall of Famer with GuillotineLeagues.com joins the program now. It's good oh! to talk to you again, friend. Yes, so good to talk to you again. It's been a long off season. This is we can't ever go six months without without chatting. Are you uh, in the middle of retiring from fantasy and going to become a lumberjack? What does this look? <laughs> I'm out camping. You know, my my wife and I bought a camper last uh, last year, and we're out in the Rocky Mountain National Park. And I'm not shaving. Why would I shave in that scenario? That is a non-shaving scenario if there ever was one out out in the camper in Rocky Mountain National Park. Good okay. for you. Yeah, you've probably done, you know, who knows how many, a thousand uh, mock drafts at this point of the fantasy year, getting ready for the season. In your opinion, looking at the results, looking at the teams that you put together, what's the best position to draft at this year, Charge? Yeah, interesting. It, normally, there's a, there's a bunch of usually running backs at the front of the draft that everybody wants to go get, and then it really tails off over the course of the draft. And so everybody wants to be near the front of the draft, but if there's ever a year, or maybe you want to be in the back. This is it because no. I think there's Justin Jefferson and Travis Kelsey at the front of the draft. And then after that, does it even matter Do you, whether you're picking third, who might be like, say, Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler this year, or you're picking at the end of your draft in 12th and you get like Amon Rossi Brown or Stefan Diggs or Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen. I mean, not all those are all, all guys that got rated right about the same. So if there's ever a time to be at the back of the draft, this is the this is the year. There just isn't like the sure thing lock stuff in, in the early parts of this draft that make you go, God, I just, I got to be up front of this draft. So I like being in the back of the draft this year. Great players that you can get back there. And I'll even trade back and get some extra equity from somebody who's taken the typical mindset they always want to try to get earlier. What trends are you seeing so far? The big trend this year in fantasy drafts that I've never seen before. And you guys have been talking, we've been talking for years. And I'm always the guy that's like, don't take t- running backs early in your draft because that you're putting your best equity into the most volatile position with these early draft picks, with running backs. Don't do it. Well, everybody's listening now. All of a sudden, we're nobody's taking running backs in the first round. Only four of the top 12 players being taken in the first round are running backs. And get this, out of the top 30 players, only nine are running backs. This is a seismic shift in the fantasy community that is finally wising up to the mm-hmm. fact that you can get reliable, bankable production from quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends that are good every year. And then you can find running back help in the middle of your draft, and that's that's it's it's taken forever, but we're there. I think I think the fantasy communities finally broke the code on this. Yeah, to your here, Greta Charge, I've known you for probably two decades. You've been saying your your key phrase has been "do the opposite." I think for as long yeah. as I've known you. Yes. I mean, it goes back to the George Costanza episode on Stein Seinfeld, where he <laughs> did the opposite of everything he would normally do. And then over the course of the show, he gets the girlfriend, gets a job at the Yankees, moves out of his parents' house. And everybody was going for running backs. And I'm like, go do the opposite of that. Everybody's taking running backs. You go get all these star players at the other positions. Let's uh, let's keep doing that. Let's uh, We're not going to do the opposite of the opposite now. Well, what should we do with uh, Dobbins, Jacobs, and Taylor then? are they wh- Where are they getting drafted, and what do you recommend people should do with those guys? All of these guys are potentially elite running backs, right? Josh Jacobs led the NFL in rushing yards last year, not with his team in Las Vegas. Jonathan Taylor, 
ostensibly has a back injury. I'll let you figure decide if that's legit or not. You know, with the Colts, he's not with his team. J.K. Dobbins not with his team, and another you know phantom injury for him. But here's the here's the thing. All and all for all of them, they're going off the board two rounds lower than they normally go. But guys, whoever holds out, whoever actually comes to week one, whoever's like, you know, I'm not, I'm gonna just walk away from that quarter million dollar payday. Le'Veon Bell's the one guy that did it, yeah. and he talks all the time about how he regrets it and ruined his career. They're not going to, at the end of the day, these guys are going to show up because they always do, because they'll, they'd rather have some money than no money, and running backs don't have any leverage. Well said. Follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Paul Charchian, Fantasy Football Hall of Famer, guillotineleagues.com is the website. I drafted with you in a league uh, recently that got over with, and I'm going to be in, look, I'll be in up to like 10 leagues. If, if people need help, I'll, I'll draft. I, <laughs> I love, love it. I love the style of it. So w- what's the Fantastic. one thing, like, and by the way, when you do a guillotine league, 18 teams are going to be in it at this time of year anyway. Like, you're going to be yeah. a little bit thin at the end. Everybody needs to know that, right? But in a normal right. in a normal fantasy draft, or maybe even a guillotine leagues, what's the one thing uh, that, that owners need to walk away from feeling proud about? The one thing that I think you know you've hit your draft if you've accomplished this. You've got one of the six great tight ends because there's only six. And after that, it falls apart. So you got Kelsey, of course, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, George Kittle. That's it. After that, there's a bunch of guys with total question marks. Is this the year Kyle Pitts finally puts it together? Is Cole Komet any good? We don't know yet. Evan Ingram, David Njoku. You know, after that, you're, 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 you don't have one of those six great guys. You're rolling into every Sunday. For every Mitch and Polly segment we have on Thursday, going, God, I hope my tight end doesn't get one catch for eight yards. Oh, geez. Because you're, you're basically playing down a whole position. So you get one of those six guys, and it means you're going to have to give up a one pick in your first four rounds, but you get the biggest positional differentiators there are by having yeah. a great tight end. You know, somebody else is going to war with Tyler Higby. You're going to war with Darren Waller or TJ Hawkinson. It's a, it's a massive distinction, and that'll earn you wins by itself. So. Let you know you've. I think you know you've done okay in your draft when you walk out with one of those six tight ends. All right, great to have you back. Your uh, weekly hits, and we'll be doing fantasy now from here on out. And who to start, who to sit. Another reason yeah, you're on today. Earlier we previewed the Vikings. Your thoughts mm. on this division and the Vikings with the win total eight and a half and thirteen and four last year and outscored an incredible season where every close game went their way. Take us through your thoughts on the Vikings to start, please. 11-0 in one-score games last year, which is staggering. I mean, you know, how, you know, how do you do that, right? And obviously, they won't. everybody expects the regression, and so do I. Um, I think that line is pretty fair. And if you just you, you force me to take one side of the Vikings line, I think I'd sneak under on that. And I'll, I'll tell you why. They In the offseason, they basically jettisoned everybody who's over the age of 27, even if they could help the team. Like Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook would have helped this team, but he's gone because he was older. They're freeing up they're freeing up salary cap space so they can re-sign Justin Jefferson, which is you know basically a mandate, right? You can't not have Justin Jefferson on your team. So the Vikings are a team in a lot of flux. The defense got a sizable overhaul, starting all-new cornerback as one example. And not necessarily great proven cornerbacks either. There's going to be a lot of guys that, that are getting new looks. And the defensive line, frankly, is in shambles. I mean, here's your, your starting defensive line. Dean Lowry, Kyrus Tonga, Harrison Phillips, and Daniil Hunter. It's, it's one of the weakest defensive lines in football. So I, you know, for a team that finished 29th in yards allowed and 31st in points allowed, I, 
I don't know that it gets better enough for that for me to go over the Vikings eight and a half win total. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, all right. So so does Detroit? Let us know what you're thinking here. Does Detroit run away with it? What? Where? Where? Who's the? Who's is the Green Bay close to Detroit? How do you I, see the rest of the division? Detroit was such was by far the best team in this division at the end of last year, and that doesn't automatically mean that they're going to come back and play at that level. But really. Why not play at that level, especially offensively, where they put a first rounder and a second rounder into the offense? And you know, I I don't see I don't see this offense taking a, really a step back. I think it gets better. Jameer Gibbs is gonna be awesome. Uh, Jared Goff played out of his mind last year, and it looks like this coaching staff's unlocked uh, some greatness for him. And I'm on Ross St. Brown has an outside chance to lead the NFL in receptions. Yeah, this this offense passing offense is gonna go through his hands, and this is. So I like that part of it. They put a first-rounder, second-rounder, and third-rounder into the defense as well, so presumably gets better. And their cornerbacks have suddenly got a little bit of juice, and at least guys that have played before, like Cameron Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley, at least those guys have you know got reps. So, yeah, I I, I, I like the Lions. Um, the win total, I think, is, a, is maybe a little heavy because there's so much juice on the Lions right now. But there's not... It's hard not to like the chalk that the Lions have because they they were the best team in the division by a, a margin last year. You think so? Okay, yeah. A couple of bets that I made. End of last brought, year, yeah. You brought up both names. I have I finally bet Gibbs to win Offensive Rookie of the Year at eleven to one. I have like Amon uh, Ross St. Brown Offensive Player of the Year at fifty to one. Um, wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I bet him for most yards receiving as well. I love the guy. I mean, his targets are going to wow. be through the roof this year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I had no idea we were in lockstep on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on. I, well, my favorite intangible, you know the story about Amon Ross St. Brown? He's memorized the names, draft order, and draft position of all of the 15 wide receivers taken before him in the draft. That's always, that's, that's like impressive. the Paul Pierce thing with the Celtics. Yeah. Yes, it I'm is. Always yes. played with a chip on his shoulder because of it. Yeah. He did. He did. I mean, it's always basically with 15 receivers out there, it's always a spike game for him virtually every week. Yeah. Okay. So then I want you to run down some other potential like season-long bets that you like. Coming up next here with Paul Charchian, uh, again, guillotineleagues.com. He'll explain that, by the way, for those of you who are new to the show. It's an incredible format. It's my favorite way of playing fantasy football. He'll have the details on that. And he wants to go over underrated movies and TV shows to bust out maybe before the uh, football season starts as well. All coming up here on Follow the Money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Follow the Money on VSIN. Our ratings, picks, previews, predictions, pro. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber. Get an all access pass to the betting tools, betting splits, and our college football and NFL betting guides, both guides. Whether you are ready to turn a profit this year, the only way to get the guides and everything we have to offer is become a VSIN Pro subscriber. Do it. Do it now. VSIN.com slash subscribe. As low as $19. Rolling along with Fantasy Football Hall of Famer Paul Charchi and guillotineleagues.com. Uh, so tell us about some season-long bets that you really like, Charch. On the Houston Texans for a minute. I, I know this is a football team nobody cares about, but um, this is a team that I'm, I'm fascinated by, and I think if you if you 
if you want to pick one team to be the most improved team in the NFL this year, I think it's going to be Houston Texans. They have the lowest win total, tied for the lowest win total on the board at six and a half right now. I think they're going to fly over that with the improvements that have come on this team, and I, I think they're many. They get C.J. Stroud. That's going to be a big difference, a quarterback and a massive upgrade over Davis Mills, right? And, you know, they, if they have to go to Case Keenum, I guess they can, but they pull in, they get John Mechie, who missed all last year with leukemia. He's a second-round pick that gets injected into this offense. Um, they put an early-round picks into Tank Dell, a new starting center, and Damian Pierce is sitting on a gigantic season that nobody realizes. Nobody, because nobody's watching Houston Texans football last year. Yep. They don't know how good this guy was. He was fantastic, and he only didn't hit fantasy radars because for no good reason they didn't throw to him in last year's broken Lovey Smith coaching staff. That's going to change this year. Their new offensive coordinator is Bobby Slowick, and he comes from the 49ers. 49ers averaged seven passes per game to the running backs. Hmm. Damian Pierce is the guy who's going to catch those passes. And he was a skilled receiver in college. Damian Pierce is my big breakout guy that's just going to, you know, you're going to get him in the fifth round of your fantasy drafts this year. He's going to go in the first round of fantasy drafts next year. Hmm. Go get Houston Texans. They were a good defense last year particularly against the pass and then they added one of the best rushers in the draft will anderson this team's gonna fly by nuke i love D'Amico ryan's this coaching staff is so much better houston in a wobbly division we're gonna go over the six and a half and if you've got a little bit of play money imagine scenario in the afc south where anything happens to trevor lawrence that thing gets wide open in a way nobody's talking about right now just like the jaguars were totally off radar at this time last year uh-huh and the, nobody else is going to make a move. Texans, I think, can be sneaky in the in this in the as a ballpark chance. If anything happens to Trevor Lawrence, to make good on their plus one thousand to win the division. Okay, uh, tell every we're going to get into TV shows and movies that are underrated. People should knock these out before football starts in a minute. But tell everybody about GuillotineLeagues.com. So unlike a standard fantasy league, you start with eighteen teams because there's eighteen weeks in the season, and instead of playing head to head. Every week, the low-scoring team gets chopped from the league, and all their players go into the waiver wire where they become free agents, where it's pandemonium for the rest of us as we start building incredibly awesome teams, the likes of which you can never do in, in a standard fantasy league. So all you have to do is be the last team standing. Don't be last. So it's a totally different way to construct your roster where you're playing for safety, you're trying to not finish last. Super fun. It's a great second league to have, mm. aside from your standard league. And it's a lot of anxiety, Mitch. You know it, because every week could be your last. Okay. It's an unbelievable sweat. Yeah, sounds good. So the last uh, couple of weeks where we're going back and forth, Edge of Tomorrow was on HBO. I love this movie, and it's on my list for underrated movies. And I think Emily Blunt said they're ready to go with the next one. They're waiting on Tom Cruise. Oh, didn't uh, know that. So, so you 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 are big into this. I mean, you do video game shows. You love TV. Take us yeah. through Paul Charchian's underrated movie list. Well, first I think is the Prestige. Everybody's talking about Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer right now, but you know Inception and Interstellar, the Dark Knight series, and they're all awesome movies. But his best movie is called The Prestige. It's with Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman as rival magicians in the 1800s. Okay. It is so brilliantly executed, and it it does so much for subtle foreshadowing. The way it tells its story is unbelievable. If I had to just say, pick one movie that is everything that a, a Hollywood movie can be, it would be The Prestige. It is the perfect film. Wow. Okay. Uh, continue with your list, please. How about, I love this movie. Simmons was great. He won an Oscar. Whiplash. 
Whiplash. I mean, a great movie, and it, you know, and it's not totally out of nowhere. And it, it, if yeah. people, have, I think some people have seen it, but one of the best acting jobs in the history of movies is J.K. Simmons as the instructor at that elite jazz uh, school in New York City. I, I think he's one of the great defining characters in the history of movies, and Whiplash is a great movie anyway, but to see what J.K. Simmons does, it makes it mandatory viewing. Okay. By the way, The Prestige came out in 2008. I don't remember that. I don't either. Huh. Yeah. Everyone, everyone raves yep. about it. Uh, did you see the game with Michael Douglas? No, the game is great. There I think I think yep. the game is it is so well it's so well crafted. Uh, I I think that's a a fantastic film. And one of those, I walked out of the movie theater and I saw the game, and I'm like looking behind cars, like is anybody trailing me? I mean that thing messed with <laughs> yes. my head. Sure did. It's yes. one of the great mind bleep movies of all time. Yes, game. yes. Okay. Finish finish your list. Uh, the fabulous Mr. Fox, because kid movies don't have to suck. You know we've all you know we got kids. You got to see some kids movies, but. It's not even really a kids movie. It's just kid kid approachable. It's got all the animated figures, you know, where they, you know, it's like not clay claymation, but it's all like it's all animated fuzzy little guys that they move like you know one millimeter at a time. It's film. It's filled with charm and humanity. And George Clooney voices Mr. Fox from the fabulous Mr. Fox, and he's a former criminal who's going to embark on one last heist of a chicken factory, chicken processing plant. It's it's terrific. Highly recommend the fabulous Mr. Fox. What's Hot uh, Fuzz? Uh, Amelie. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Hot Fuzz. All right, let's go to Hot Fuzz. Right. It's a British comedy starring Simon Pegg and Martin Freeman when they were both still basically nobodies. It mocks the, the cop buddy genre. Simon Pegg is a London cop who's too good for his job, and he makes all his, all everybody around him look bad. Mm. So they ship him off to this quiet British town where crime never happens until he shows up, and it turns out crime's been happening all the time in this city. Incredibly well-constructed and super, super funny for people who pay attention. A quick example from Hot Fuzz that I love. They're in the middle of a, of a, of a running chase to try to chase the bad guys, but it turns out they're not chasing the right guy. And in the middle of it, they, they get into an altercation with geese, and they're chasing geese. They're on a literal wild goose chase while they're chasing the wrong guys. The kind of subtle humor in Hot Fuzz. It's so good. Okay, let's get into uh, TV shows then, and it's follow the money here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Paul Charchi and our guest, he's saying like before football starts, if you want some TV shows and movies to look at, you got to. I don't think we're gonna have time for this clip charge, unfortunately. But oh, wow. I know that you've been big into the Patriot on Amazon Prime for years now. Is it? You're saying that this is like one of the best shows made in the last decade or so? Yeah, the last five years. You know, let's go. So let's throw out Game of Thrones season seven and eight because they're trash. Yeah. If we just from that point forward, season six of Game of Thrones forward, this is about as well written a show as there is ever called The Patriot. It's on Amazon and it stars Terry O'Quinn, who you remember as Locke on Lost, if you liked the show Lost. Kurtwood Smith, who was the dad from the the That 70s Show. And it's about a spy who does uh, has to do a lot of things he does not want to do. Um. just because they're they're not right, and but he's stuck doing them, and he forces his way through it. And it's a subtle, subtle comedy with incredibly snappy writing and unbelievable acting. Patriot is, I think, just like everything a great drama comedy can possibly be. So okay. good, Patriot. I started this on your recommendation. I'm two episodes in. It has potential. Uh, cartel drugs zero zero zero. Yeah, starring Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, it is right. a taut thriller. 
telling the story of a drug shipment from three different sides of the drug shipment. It starts with the Italians who placed the order, the Americans who were the middleman um, that brokered the deal, and the Mexicans who were fulfilling it. And each one of those three sides is a, is almost like a standalone story that is just gripping. And the totality of the story is fantastic. It's another of these great Amazon shows that Amazon does a terrible job of even letting you know exists. Mm-hmm. Zero, 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 uh-huh. like Patriot. It's on Amazon. If you like taut thrillers uh, and a fair amount of violence in it, too, oh. zero, zero, zero. Terrific. Right on my alley. Last but not least, I've started this show. Whoever came up with this idea is a pure genius. It's called Jury Duty, also on Amazon Prime. But I don't want to steal your thunder. Tell why everybody why you love this uh, show so much. It's an offshoot from another excellent show from 20 years ago called The Joe Schmo Show. The premise of Jury Duty is guy shows up for Jury Duty, Ronald, and he's ready to go to jury duty. He's in jury duty. But unbeknownst to him, he's the only regular person in it. Everybody else is an actor or a writer. And the whole thing is a staged hoax. And you go through this full jury, um, this full trial, with one guy who's out, not in on the joke, and everybody else is in. And it gets increasingly absurd over time. It's a story about uh, a guy who's being sued by his company because he soiled himself in a, in a box of T-shirts. And it gets incre- it's, it gets silly, and it's a comedy. Jury duty, really, really fun watching them do crazy stuff with this one guy who's the only one who's not in on the on the hoax. Like the first two episodes, you're like, "What is happening right now?" And the guy has like no clue. But how would you? Yes. Like, right? Oh, yeah. You're just like, okay, this is part of the whole thing that we're going through right now. Fantastic appearance. GuillotineLeagues.com is the website again. Go check it out if you've never played before, and uh, have fun camping in the Smoky Mountains, my friend. That will do, my friends. We'll talk to you next week and back from home at that point. Sounds good. Take care, buddy. There you go, Paul Charchian. For a little bit of everything there with him. It's him. That's Paul. Yep. Baking soda. If you miss any of the show, you can go back and listen on your own time. All you have to do is search Follow the Money wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to CallShe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.